1: It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for tuning in to the Southern Way Hunting Podcast on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Josh Raley, and on this show you'll hear hunting tactics, stories, and strategies from hunters across the South. Our aim is to sharpen our skills as hunters and outdoorsmen, become more efficient and effective in pursuit of our craft, and even have a little fun while we're at it. And of course, no matter the pursuit, we focus on doing things the Southern way. Welcome to episode one of the Southern Way Hunting Podcast, the inaugural episode, the launch, whatever it is you want to call it. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm fired up to be doing this. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Josh Raley. I've been hosting a couple of different shows on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network for some time now. I am the host currently of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, the How to Hunt Deer Podcast, and now the Southern Way Hunting Podcast. We're going to be making some changes soon. Uh, You may, if you've caught some of our other shows, know that about a year ago, I moved down from Wisconsin to Georgia. Now, I'm originally from the deep south, originally from Mobile, Alabama, Uh, grew up hunting Mobile, Washington, Clark, Wilcox County, way, way, way down south, southern Alabama. Uh, Moved from there, hunted in Louisiana for, man, eight years or so. Made a couple of trips during that time frame, obviously, to hunt, uh, you know, Mississippi, hunted Georgia a little bit, especially South Georgia. So I have been blessed to hunt across the Southeast, uh, mostly in the state of Alabama, but, you know, kind of spread out all around. And I've gotten a good taste throughout the years of different Southern hunting cultures. So I've gotten the, uh, you know, small suburban tract near Birmingham that I used to hunt. I've got experience in an old school deer camp. I've got experience in You know, kind of a newer flavor of a hunting lease. I've hunted the swamps. I've hunted the piney woods. I've hunted the hardwood hills and hollers. And so I am fired up to finally be able to focus again on, you know, what feels like my home turf. You know, I spent three years in Wisconsin. And while that was fantastic and it was amazing, and yes, if you are a southerner and you want a high-quality rut hunt, I highly recommend you make a trip at least some point in your life to go to the Midwest because the rutting action that you're going to see there is just totally different than what you're going to see here in the South. But there is nothing like hunting here at home in the South. Now, a couple of things I just want to note before we jump into this very first episode. First of all, you may be thinking to yourself, what the heck? I thought this was the the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I did not know that I was subscribed to the Southern Way. How did you get into my podcast feed? Well, you're right. This used to be the RSS feed for the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Uh, Parker McDonald, excellent host, lives not too far across the state line from me here. Parker has done a fantastic job for us over the last several years. He's now struck out kind of doing his own thing with the Southern Collective and doing really, really good work there. But we did want to keep this Southern feed alive. We didn't want to let this wither on the vine, so to speak, because as you likely know, the Midwest gets a lot of representation in hunting and outdoor media, and we didn't want to lose what we had been building here over the years as an outlet to cover all things southern hunting. Now, on this show, we're going to talk deer hunting. We're going to talk turkey hunting. We're going to talk hog hunting. We're going to talk fishing. We're going to talk about all the things that make the South so incredibly great. I've got some guests lined up here in the next couple of weeks. I've got some public land hunters who like to make trips to the Midwest. i got a guy who's already killed a buck in Florida. Already killed a hard-horned buck in southern Florida. I cannot wait to get that episode out to you guys. Uh, I've got a guy from South Carolina coming on who's already killed a velvet buck this year. We're going to be talking about hunting the Blue Ridge Mountains uh, and some of these mountain bucks with a guy. We've got a lot of great content coming down the pike for you, but in this first episode... Uh, I had my brother, Mr. Dan Johnson on. You may recognize Dan from the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. He is the uh, the emperor, the owner, the CEO of the Sportsman's Empire podcast network. And I wanted to have him on first just to talk about the transition, right? Like what the heck happened? What's going on? Where did this new podcast come from? And where we hope this thing is going to go here in the next couple of weeks, months, and years as we continue to bring you high-quality content That is relevant for you and for your hunting situation. Now, one weird thing about this episode. So I recorded this podcast episode about four weeks ago at this point. And at that time, this show had the working name, what we thought we would launch it as, of the Southern Roots Hunting Podcast. That was going to be awesome. It was going to have, you know, a nice ring to it, Southern Roots. But it was also, in a way, me getting back to My Southern Roots. Like I said, I spent the last three years in Wisconsin, moved back down here to Georgia. I'm going to be handing off the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast here in the next couple of months, allowing uh, a guy who's going to be my co-host to take that thing over. And so this show is really an opportunity to return to my roots, but uh, a tricky little thing called trademarks. Uh, So I was not able to actually use the name The Southern Roots Hunting Podcast, but we thought, you know what, the Southern way, because that's really what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about doing things the Southern way, because as you know, if you spend any time hunting outside of the South, a lot of the tactics that you see portrayed in hunting media, whether it's out West, in the Midwest, in the Northeast, whatever it is, a lot of the tactics that you see portrayed in hunting media simply do not work here in the South, or they work but they take some serious tweaking and modifications to make them work for our Southern scenarios. So stick around for this week's show, and make sure you tune back in with us next Thursday. Again, this is going to launch every single Thursday morning, so make sure you tune back in with us next week right here on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first episode. I'm your host, Josh Raley, and I've got my buddy, the Nine Fingered Wander. Mr. Dan Johnson on the line. Dan, how's it going?
0: It's going good, man. I'm uh, I'm happy to be here for this. We'll call it a bridge episode, right? Where we're bridging people from one brand over to another. And uh, there's uh, there's going to be a little change. There's going to be some 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 things that are going to be different. Some things that are going to be the same. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this net, the next chapter of this particular, uh, this uh, podcast feed.
1: Yeah, man, and speaking of you know a, this being a bridge episode, it's a bridge from one brand that over the last couple of years has been, uh, if you're an outdoor podcast listener in the South, yep. a brand that's been pretty iconic yep. uh, for Southern deer hunting. I mean, yep. really paving the way for a lot of Southern deer content because you know before parker was doing his thing there wasn't
0: a lot of it out there right right uh and and that's one of the reasons why when i like i believe this is how the whole timeline went down i brought parker on the nine finger chronicles podcast to talk about southern deer hunting and, and basically southern hunting in general and i liked him so much uh and and clicked with him really that I wanted to I wanted to have his voice on the network that you know that I was creating and I, I think that Parker was one of I want to say one of the top five the first five podcasts that came on the network and he did an absolutely amazing job repping the South repping um, you know the, the southern culture the the southern outdoors way of life and things like that and, and although I'm ha- I, I'm 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 sad, in a way, to see Parker go on to do something great, fully support it. Good luck to Parker and and the rest of the crew that uh, that he's building and and what he's going to do. And Southern Ground was an awesome first step in in what he was doing and I'm really happy to have that content uh, on the, the Sportsman's Empire. But I'm also really excited because I know you're a Southern boy too and uh and so parker grew up i believe in texas but you grew up in georgia right
1: i grew up in alabama
0: alabama okay Yep.
1: yep so we're in georgia now
0: yeah and so and, and here's the debate though some people classify texas as texas and some people say that texas is part of the south so depends on who you talk to i don't know as a as a true southerner is Texas part of the South, or is Texas, Texas?
1: Man, as a, as a truce, I mean, I grew up in South Alabama, right? Yeah. So I feel like if anybody can speak to what's Southern, uh, I feel like if you grew up in South Alabama, like you, you pretty much earned the right to speak to it. So <laughs> uh, in my opinion, I think we'll take the Eastern part of Texas okay? because it looks a lot like the South. But once you start getting further west, I feel like that's just its own
0: thing. Its own thing. I gotcha. Yeah, so there is, it a, really is. There is a little bit of crossover uh past the border of Louisiana into Texas, but then it fades away and it, it's something completely different.
1: Right. If you're traveling, let's say you're traveling east to west into Texas. As soon as the pine trees stop, that's when the South stops. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. Like that that's where I that's about where I draw the line. Gotcha. So
0: about a quarter of Texas is the south
1: yeah we'll take them all right we'll take right. Them. and definitely not austin <laughs> definitely not.
0: <laughs> here we go way to kick De- it right <laughs> off
1: <laughs> yeah well this this was a great great podcast now it's over so <laughs> exactly. uh yeah we're just this gonna start awesome.
0: excluding people right away <laughs> that's right that's right
1: no well man we will i, I think there's a lot that texas does bring That is very similar to the Southern hunting culture, things like gigantic leases and what we call down here, hunting clubs. Um, You know, we don't really talk about it like, Hey, I'm heading to the lease. We talk about it like, Hey, I'm heading to the hunting club this weekend. And they look all kinds of different ways. But you know, what I grew up with, what a lot of folks grew up with is you've got a a leased chunk of land, probably from a paper company or a timber company. Mm -hmm. And you've got, you know, six, seven, eight, 20 different Uh, For me growing up, it was campers and mobile homes all in the kind of front parking lot area or the front road of the, uh, of the hunting camp. And, you know, we had 20, I think 22 or 24 guys and 3,600 acres of pine uh, plantation and then uh, what they call SMZs or streamside management zones throughout. And to me, that's kind of the, I guess that's the Southern hunting that I grew up with Yeah. And as I've expanded, so now I've hunted Alabama, I've hunted Louisiana a good bit, I've hunted Georgia, uh, I've hunted some in Mississippi. And I'm noticing the culture is a lot bigger than that. Yeah. And there's more to it than just the, the, the pine plantations of South Alabama that I grew up with. Yep. But uh, yeah, man, it's exciting. I'm, I'm happy to, to get back to what I know. So you and I first connected with uh, when I came on board for the network when I lived in Wisconsin yep. for the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast we've been uh, running that thing for a while and then just through happenstance I end up moving back to Georgia and a lot of reasons for a lot of in a lot of ways that's why we want to call this podcast the Southern Roots podcast is yeah in a lot of ways it's me getting back to my roots
0: yeah right yeah. back to what I know It was, it was pretty funny having a guy for, you know, and I think you're, you're still doing it, but I think the goal is to ultimately get you transferred out of, with out of the Wisconsin podcast and get someone else in there who's local, right? but for a while there and still right now, you're kind of doing double duty. You're talking about the South and you're also focusing on Wisconsin as well, because like you said, you live there. (laughs) I, I do have a question for you. Is there something that you learned in Wisconsin from hunting in there uh, up in the, you know, the North, the, uh, the Midwest that, that you're excited to bring down to, to Georgia? Man, I, I
1: think there is, um, and I think one of the things, you know, if this is a primarily Southern audience, this should be some red meat for them. Yeah. One of the things that I did learn going up to Wisconsin is that deer hunting is legitimately just easier in the Midwest. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> like it, it just is. And I'm not saying big bucks are around every corner. I'm just saying, uh, agriculture. And that may be the primary factor, right? right? Agriculture changes everything. Yep. And I know there are a lot of parts of the South with a lot of ag and hunting there, you know, I've hunted, uh, in North Louisiana in a heavy ag zone and hunting. There's a lot like hunting in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, you know, even down to the size of the deer, they've got some really high quality deer down there. Um, but, you know, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to bring a little bit of, a, of an expanded look, I mm-hmm. think, because I've been in not only the hunting space, but like the, the hunting media kind of space, uh, talking about the Midwest for, for quite some time. And so right. uh, excited to bring in, hey, I've got boots on the ground experience in Wisconsin. This is maybe what you're hearing about how deer bed in the Midwest or how deer feed in the Midwest or how deer patterns work in the Midwest. And here's what we see that's a little bit different, but maybe here's some of the carryover as well, because yeah. I think um, there are quite a few things uh, that carry over. And one of the one of my favorite sayings over the last couple of years has, has been that deer do dear things. Yeah. You know, the context changes as to, you know, what specifically they might be betting in. Yeah. But you can kind of look and say deer bed in places that provide adequate cover and keep them away from human interactions. Yeah that's just what they do. And so you can take that information from Wisconsin, bring it down here to Alabama and say, okay, what is that? Where is that spot here? It may not be a cattail marsh of Southern Wisconsin. It might be, you know, the edge of a, of a pine stand here in in the South, but yeah. um, Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped, man. Yeah.
0: Now, now I want to ask you the same question, but flip it. What did you bring from Georgia to Wisconsin that, that, you know cuz because I'll be honest if I grew I've hunted Michigan before and they say that Michigan uh, for a bow hunter who hunts public land could be some of the toughest uh situational hunting that there is out there uh, just, absolutely just from the pressure the the la- like there, you might run into some good numbers but if you're looking for a high caliber buck it's probably not going to be there so right. so the, the the hunting is harder in that in that scenario what makes hunting in the south more difficult versus going up to Wisconsin and what were you able to bring from Wisconsin or from Georgia to Wisconsin
1: Yeah I think uh you know the whole concept of of scouting a lot like boots on the ground scouting even during the season Yeah that is just like that's just called normal that's just h- called hunting here in the south Yeah and I think it's a lot because our deer don't uh pattern in many instances especially in some big timber settings quite the way they do in wisconsin now yes patterns shift in the midwest absolutely they do throughout the fall as food sources change and as leaf off happens and they start to bed in different different locations um but a a normal part of the culture here is to be pretty mobile uh now i mean there's there's a lot of folks who are hey you know, here's the power line or here's the gas line cutting through the property and we just sit on the power line or gas line and wait for deer to cross. Like that's that's also a huge part of the culture. But I think being highly mobile and doing a lot of scouting because we don't have, um, you know, a picked cornfield that's going to impact deer movement for three weeks or a month out of the year. Mm-hmm. We've got a, an oak tree that starts dropping and it may hold a pattern for five days. It may hold a pattern for 15 days. You don't know what that is and on any given day, when you show up to the property, you've got to learn it new. Yeah. Uh, because the, because bedding is so, uh, so easy to come by down here. You've really got, you don't have like that starting point of like, look, here's the, here's the prime bedding area. And I just have to find the food around that. Prime bedding is all over the place. Yeah, There's good bedding everywhere. And you just have to be on top of what the deer are doing at any given moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So very interesting. Uh and, Kind of comparing the two again, when I, in the Midwest, you know, I'm here from Iowa. um, And when I think of tradition, the first state that comes to mind in the Midwest is Wisconsin. All right. Right. Just because they still, they still do that. Hey, opening week, uh, rifle season. There's some schools that are closing, right? Everybody goes out and they have their, their traditional gun camps and they'll go out hunting, But what really interests me is the South in general. And I'm talking not just a specific state, but I'm talking about the entire southeast part of the United States. You know, even getting up into the, you know, the Carolinas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and even into Virginia and whatnot, hunting was, it's embedded in the culture from, uh, in a way that it's not in the, um, it's not in the Midwest. And what I mean by that is in the South, just leading out of the Civil War, people were hunting, fishing, and taking advantage of the outdoors like the North wasn't. And I mean having to hunt for their food and having, you know, because up North we had we have all this agriculture. We have livestock and things like that. Prom- it's very prominent up there. And yes, there is some of that down in the South, but just not to the... Um, to the, the level that the Midwest would offer. And with that said, all these people, you know, looking for protein are having to go out, hunt and fish and and live this outdoor lifestyle as part of their survival. And so I right. feel like when you have that in your history, it's just embedded in your culture in general.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, subs- subsistence hunting or yeah. however you say that. I, I don't know if I'm saying the word right, but, but yeah, certainly uh, influenced where we're at today when it comes to Southern culture, uh, Southern hunting culture. And I think that, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, I would say that the hunting culture is more far-reaching here in the South. Now, there are a lot of things that lead up to that. Uh, A lot of the South has really liberal um, uh, hunting seasons, Mm. gun hunting seasons. So we may not have the frenzy of opening day or, you know, gun week or whatever, your nine-day gun season, but, boy, you better believe it when, when it's gun hunting, somebody's getting out there or a lot of people are getting out there at some point during the season. Yeah. It may not be the die hard every weekend thing, but at some point during the season, a lot of people are going to step into the woods pursuing deer or some other kind of game. I mean, we've got gun season. So here in Georgia, we open up in October for our gun season, and we don't close down till January. Right. Uh, in in Alabama where I hunt, we open up for gun season in November. We don't stop hunting with a gun until February tenth. So, yeah. and incredibly, I think, inc- I
0: think to take it even one step further, I think South Carolina might be the 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 state with the longest deer season because I think they go way into February.
1: They do. So they go they go into February and they've got a really really long gun season yeah. as well. If I'm not mistaken, there are parts of South Carolina that open up in August for their gun season, which which is insane. That's crazy. Uh, also in, in Florida. Yep. Um, you know, hopefully we've got some Florida guys on here. I would love to see more Florida representation in the outdoor space, yeah. uh, especially when it comes to deer hunting, because unique opportunities, man, they're down there hunting the rut right now. Exactly. They're hunting a late July, early August rut. That's and right. so their seasons are opening up middle of
0: the summer. In the, the nastiest you know? python infested swamps that, oh, that dude, you've ever like, seen.
1: Yeah, how do you even, I can't even fathom how to, you know, hop on my airboat and make <laughs> my way to my to my deer stand. Like, I don't even understand that. But there are places in, in uh, Florida, I was working with a landowner the other day. His season extends into March mm-hmm. for deer. Yeah. Okay, we're talking a turkey season that starts in March down in Florida. Yep. So, I mean, you that is an incredibly, incredibly long season. But I think that also underlines... Uh, you know, a lot of people criticize that, of like, oh, the pressure we've got and all of that. And that is very, very true. But, wow, the opportunity exactly. that we have here in the South as well. Yeah. And I think this is one thing that, you know, maybe not a lot of people, especially from up north in the Midwest and whatever, are aware of. Here in the South, if you were to be or consider yourself a traveling hunter and you really wanted to, you could travel rut hunting from August through February. Mm-hmm. And you can be hunting the rut somewhere within eight or 10 hours of where you live.
0: And in some instances, like Alabama and parts of Louisiana, you could hunt the rut for like a month straight, just within a three hour, like three hours or probably even less.
1: Oh yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, there's, there's a rut rutting activity going on July, August in Florida, uh, hop over to, uh, there's a little window, I believe in Northwest Alabama, But then uh, also in Louisiana, there's a September rut. Uh, Lots of places in Louisiana and Alabama have small pockets of rutting activity in October. Obviously, November, lots of rut hunting activity. And then, you know, November, December, that's kind of across the southeast, or December, January is kind of across the southeast. But then you get into February, and then, you know, you're hunting Alabama, you're hunting the Florida panhandle. You've got rutting activity on through February and into early March. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not the same kind of rut that you would experience in the Midwest. If it was, we wouldn't have any deer left. Uh, just, just because we're, man, we're all out there hunting the rut with guns.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, if,
1: if the rut was as intense as it is in the Midwest, you'd have a hard time sustaining a deer population down here. Yeah. Um, but, but you can still be in what I consider the best hunting of the year within just a few hours of your home. If you really want to put in the legwork to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, one. I don't know how much experience you have. I'm sure you're going to have guests on that will talk about it. Um, one area of the country that really intrigues me is this Tennessee, Kentucky type area where some of the the Midwest. It's it, it's it's like the perfect clash of the South and the Midwest, where they kind of overlap in that there are there is a little ag the deer are pretty you know it's good numbers big bucks can come out of the this area and it's in like the foothills if not just the appalachian mountains and so right. that that uh, appalachian style hunting it really intrigues me
1: yeah man i've been i've got a buddy in west tennessee right now and the deer he's hunting on that property um i mean he might as well be in illinois yeah he might as well be in you know yeah iowa somewhere like that i mean just high quality deer like you said really good numbers yep. um mix of ag which is you know I, I think changes the game quite a bit on your hunting property when you've got a good you know 30 percent, 40 percent mix of ag man that changes the game yep. when it comes to your hunting style but like you said big bucks good numbers and now that doesn't mean that they produce maybe the the number of big bucks that some of your midwestern states will um but the top tier of of the the deer in that area can certainly compete any day of the week. And then uh man, some of that big mountain stuff as you get into the Appalachia region, that intrigues me a lot. It also really, really intimidates me. Oh I've been dipping my toe in it here in uh like North Georgia and holy smokes the scale and it only gets bigger as you go further north Mm -hmm. from there, north and east a little bit. The scale just gets bigger and bigger and um yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to learn more about that because like I said, I grew up in deep South Alabama where yeah, it's Hill country, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite like what I'm being confronted with now here in North Georgia. Yeah,
0: a little bit of up and a little bit of down, but not like, you know, when I, when I hear someone say a holler, you know uh, you know, you hear some Southerners say, Oh, I, I shot him in this holler back here. That's like, to me, that's something real steep on both sides where you hear your echo, and that's why they call it a holler. It's so big.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't I didn't quite grow up with that, but there is a lot of it here. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to learn more. Excited to uh, get to pick some people's brains and really excited to be, uh, you know, back to my roots, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and see what there is here. But, man, you, you're no stranger to the South. Now, maybe – now, okay, first of all, I've got to play the Mark Kenyon card at this point. Okay. So – Eventually, Mark gave you enough crap to where you decided to hunt Michigan, yep, right? So I'm thinking if we pressure you enough, we can get you down here to Georgia or Mississippi <laughs> like what I mean what else do you have to do in January?
0: uh I can late season hunt in Iowa now nah, you're you're done by that you're, you're well, done you' you're good. Uh, this is where I go enter excuse here. I don't have an excuse. <laughs> I, I, I don't yeah. have an excuse. I, I tell you, If yeah. you twist my arm enough, I'll come down and hunt there. I'll, I'll hunt anywhere if someone twists my arm enough. And more than likely, it won't take too much arm twisting to get me to go hunt anywhere.
1: There you go. All right. You heard it here first. <laughs> Fill up Dan Johnson's inbox on his Instagram account right. with cries for him to hunt somewhere in the south. I don't care where you mention, just somewhere in the south. And uh, we'll see what we can do to get them down here. And it can't be, uh, it can't be like North Louisiana. It okay. can't be like ag ground along the Mississippi. It needs to be,
0: it needs to be Big east pine, a little bit of there. pine stands with no terrain features.
1: Exactly. <laughs> okay. Pine stands, no terrain features. Uh, you know, the, I want you to be hunting the kind of place where you go out during gun season and you're kind of afraid. Okay. Uh, f- for your own safety. I wanna, you know what I mean?
0: Uh, how about this? <laughs> You, I tell you what, if you want to start doing research on places for me to hunt, I want to, I want to hunt in a location where I can potentially see an alligator and hear the ocean. Interesting. All right. Is that, is that a possi- is that a possibility?
1: Man, I, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think we can do it. Okay. I think we can do it. There's some island deer hunting down here off the coast of Florida. Yeah. That, uh, you know, could could blow your mind. You have to charter a boat, basically, or own a boat to get yourself to the island yeah. to hunt it.
0: Yeah. And um, I believe there's also, like, island deer on some of these barriers, uh, barrier islands that are, they're not whitetails. They're like stag, um... Uh, Red red deer or something like that.
1: Yeah, sam sambar deer.
0: Yeah, sambar deer. Okay,
1: they're like they're like elk-sized deer. Yeah, and they are they're they're huge. Uh, success rates are really really low, and apparently there's a ton of rattlesnakes on that island. Oh, love it. Uh, so yeah, man, I think we get you <laughs> down there for it. You'll I, definitely hear the ocean.
0: I just can't imagine. All of a sudden, now I'll tell you what I did hunt Texas. Uh, Several years ago, and I'm sitting in a tree stand, and a six-foot rattlesnake, I still have the footage on my phone, went right underneath my tree stand. And and I was just like, uh, okay, all right, I... uh, (laughs) Uh, I better I better make sure the headlamps are on and I know what I'm touching every because the further south you get the more poisonous the snakes are and the more poisonous well shit the spiders I bet you I bet you the southern poison ivy is even worse than northern poison ivy
1: it probably is man. everything (laughs) down here kind of wants to kill you a little bit you know what I mean like everything down here so uh, yeah man that's one of those situations you call the you call whoever you're hunting with be like look you've got to get me some kind of crane or hoist Yep. to get me out of this stand because I'm not touching the ground after that. Right.
0: Hey, and I and kind of, to elaborate on what you were going to talk about, I lived in Alabama. Yeah. I lived in Arkansas. I lived in Alabama. I lived in Georgia. Yeah. I didn't make it down to Florida, but I lived in Georgia, Alabama and Arkansas over the course of two years. Um, when I was uh, I would say somewhere about 25 and I got out Turkey hunting in, in Alabama quite a bit. Um, I did go looking for deer and, and I didn't find much, you know, I, I did have a couple of deer run across the road one night and I thought they were labs. I thought they were like dogs. That's how small they were. I was like, what are those things? Oh, they're deer. And then, yeah. um, but when I was living in Georgia, I was living in, uh, I was living in, uh, the suburbs of Atlanta, but okay. I wish I knew about the the suburb hunting down in Atlanta what those seek one guys are doing because uh, if I yeah. knew that back then then I'd go and not start knocking on doors and and doing what they're doing but uh uh I didn't get a chance to hunt too much in in Georgia Although I got invited to a couple leases or uh, deer camps or whatever uh, that, you know, whatever you guys call them. And then uh, Arkansas was, I think I brought my bow down one time and I walked some state ground and I was just like, what is this place? I, I, I would have had to scout it for a full year just to understand it. And so I just, yeah. I went in kind of blind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, um, that's probably a good, a good, segue into just saying look if you're coming from the north or midwest and you want to find a spot to hunt down here in the south uh it's a great idea especially once seasons are closing up there you still want to find some running bucks man come on down we got you covered but i think do plan to say all right this is not a one-year deal like i'm probably not going to go down there and get it all figured out in five days it's probably going to take two maybe even to your third year and uh, that's really how I approach a lot of these properties. I mean, you can find really big ground down here. Yeah. You know, in Wisconsin. A good sized track for me in the southern part of the state was a thousand acres. Um, you get here, you know, the public I've got down the road for me here is thirty thousand acres. Yeah. So just a very, very different, uh, different kind of context. And I think you gotta you gotta plan on taking a little bit more time to uh, to get things figured out. But Man, how about the turkey hunting culture down here, too? You mentioned you did a little bit of turkey hunting. Yeah. Uh, That's very different than the Midwest. Very
0: different. Uh, And so it's not – I have a feeling that a majority of the people didn't hunt like this. But the guy that took me out, he was a road hunter, all right? So he would drive, shut his car off, wait a couple minutes, and then start throwing uh, crow calls out to try to get a tom to respond. And that's how he did it. We'd hear, we you know, they'd gobble, shot gobble, and then we'd go in after him. And that that's what I did when I was down there because I was going with a guy, and that's how they did it. Now I don't, I don't do that. Right. You know, I, I'll still use a shot gobble like an owl hoot in uh, here in Iowa, but you know, it, in Iowa there are. Don't get me wrong. In every state, there's guys who probably love deer or love turkey hunting more than than uh than deer hunting you know paul campbell from the ohio outdoors podcast he's one of those guys he he loves turkey hunting more than he loves deer hunting but everybody in iowa turkey hunts because there's nothing else to do in april right Right. but in our back of our head we're thinking deer 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 it's almost like the south man people just get fired up for turkey season and they're they they take it they take advantage of those seasons and and your bag limits because i think in some of those southern states you can you can take more than one turkey uh a year in some of those oh, yeah. in some of those places and so guys are they're taking their vacations around turkey season they're going out and 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 grinding hard trying to you know hunt turkey in in several different states and me i i just i go out and do it because i can't deer hunt
1: right right yeah and there's there is an element down here where it's a whole different crowd that comes out too. Like I know a lot of guys who might get out for deer once a year, twice a year. Their thing is turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. You know that that's what their uh, that's sort of where where their passion lies. And you know we do have our fair share of, of road hunters. I'm, I'm in a lease right now actually, uh, where there's a guy who every single day of the season that I was out there, he was out there on his four wheeler, and he would literally zip down the road, stop it. And he it must have been five seconds before he was cranking on a box call. I mean he was getting <laughs> after, and I'm like like dude the the sound of your a t v is not a good warm up for right. for these right. turkeys uh and he he actually messed up two separate hunts of mine uh this year, so that was that was a bit disappointing. but uh we have a really diverse turkey hunting culture too, so there's the old school way, the old guard way of man, you sit down, you cluck three times, and you shut up for four hours, yeah and you sit and wait, you yeah. know. Uh, but then there's also a lot of running and gunning. I mean, some of the some of the nation's best, I think, turkey hunters are right here in the South. And just look at, you know, look at the culture. Look at our look at our hunting companies that got their start down here. They're they're big in deer hunting now, but their start was in turkey hunting. Yep. You know, yep. that's where they really got going.
0: Mossy Oak, Realtree, primos, you know, all of those I mean, those are three gigantic brands right there that right. are all, you know, southern started, southern run companies.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, you never got to do any of the, uh, any of that suburb hunting there in in, in Atlanta,
0: man, but that can be pretty hot. Nope. I, uh, I was uh, afraid of my life for my life a couple times in Atlanta, but other than that, it was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Was it the traffic or the people that you thought were going to kill you? Uh,
0: a little bit of both, a little bit of <laughs> both.
1: <laughs> yeah, it could, it could be either, man. Atlanta's unpredictable. I I live in Georgia and I try not to go to Atlanta. Yeah. I will yeah. drive an extra 30 minutes to get around it.
0: Yeah. It, uh, it was nuts. You know, rather than it, the traffic yeah. there was nuts. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So
1: man, what, are, what do you got planned for this year? I mean, what, what do you, uh, what's, what's on the docket? So to speak, I, I don't think it's any mystery that you're not gearing up for your big trophy hunt in
0: Florida. No, 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 no Florida trophy hunt this year. You know, this year, I, I applied for Kansas. I didn't get it, um, and so I'll just have to wait. Hopefully next year. But I heard there was like a thirty to forty percent increase in um, uh, applicants this year. Dude, for Kansas, nobody for, get.
1: It's like nobody got Kansas this year.
0: See, that's the opposite of what I. Everybody I talked to <laughs> oh, got Kansas, really, except for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can join the rest of us losers who didn't. Exactly, and so well, oh well. So I'm going to South Dakota on, on a, I, I'm using quotations here, mule deer hunt. What ultimately happens is I get frustrated chasing mule deer and then I go back to the river bottoms and try to chase whitetails. And so um, I'm hoping I can get on some mule deer, but then, you know, back to Iowa for the rut and depending on if and when I tag out, uh, I've been looking at public ground in, in Southeast Minnesota, Western um Uh, public ground in western uh wisconsin western illinois northern missouri and really just trying to i want to throw another hunt even if it's for like a four-day hunt like a day to drive two days to hunt uh pick one of those states because all those states are over the counter and uh just try to just try to extend my season somewhat
1: yeah yeah that's good that's good well man if you ever want to extend it We've got some, uh, we've got some long, long seasons for you down here, but Heck yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to do a little bit of uh, a little bit of, of Midwest hunting this year. So uh, obviously going to hit Wisconsin again. Uh, I think I spent more days hunting in Wisconsin last year than I did when I lived there. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, just the way things have worked out, I've been able to make quite a few trips and then I think I'm going to hunt Indiana.
0: Okay. This year. Okay.
1: Which will be an interesting change of pace. I don't know exactly when that's going to be. It's either going to be like a mid-October hunt, uh, or it's going to be like a late rut hunt, like a, like mid-November or later. Yeah. And so, um, but we'll see. We'll see. But then, obviously, down south, I'm going to be uh, hitting Georgia, definitely hunting Alabama. There's a chance I scoot up into Tennessee just a little bit. I've got a good buddy in Tennessee um that's got some good ground so uh we'll see man but but definitely uh definitely looking forward to um getting to cover a lot more of that i feel like yeah. you know when you're on the wisconsin sportsman and you're telling everybody about your hunts in alabama their <laughs> eyes kind of glaze over and uh you're like you're like man look at this buck i shot he's a 3 year old and he scores 85 inches yeah you know and they're they're yeah. like mm, that's not that's a that's a yearling it's like not not down here <laughs> not it's not down here. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's that, not down here. Down here, we might mount him, so he yeah. might be going on the wall down here. But um, anyway, yeah. So anyway, let's let's talk a little bit about what folks can expect, man. We're going to talk on this podcast about all things southern. I mean, we're going to talk deer hunting. We're going to talk turkey hunting. Hopefully, we can get around to a little bit of fishing. But uh, what, man? What would you like to see? I mean, this has been. Uh, I think it was a lot of a lot of foresight on your part to. You know, try to get a southern-based hunting podcast years ago. And now I'm kind of taking it up at this point. What would you like to see as we uh, try to keep this train
0: rolling? Yeah, I mean, Parker did a great job uh, at kind of spreading the wings and talking to a whole bunch of people. And obviously, uh, as far as content is concerned, deer hunting and turkey hunting kind of rule the roost uh, of what what to expect. But one thing that intrigues me, And I I know this is kind of, I don't want to say controversial, it might be to some, but in the South, there are some rules and regulations that really interest me. And that is being able to run deer with dogs. And I would love to hear a podcast about guys who do that style of hunting and how they do it and and then you know the devil's advocate questions like hey how do you keep your dogs off properties they're not supposed to be on and 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 how do you how do you you know run you know run run these dogs and how do you," you know the strategy behind that because um i personally am all for any form really of legal hunting that's legal um and, you know, depending on who you talk to, then you start to get into these boundaries of what is legal versus what is ethical. And, right. and so I know that the guys who run dogs and, and man, we have a great supporter of Houndsman in, here on the network with the Houndsman XP podcast. And so I, you know, uh, to be honest with you, they've kind of changed my view on Houndsman in general especially when it comes to deer hunting i mean if it's legal in your state like don't bitch about it right just just right. go and support these these fe- other fellow hunters cuz ultimately they're facing the same kind of potential restrictions on hunting that you are as well so um just the hound, like the the hounding side of things uh, let me ask you a question being a southerner is yeah. there still some states that allow poison tip arrows.
1: I last I knew Mississippi does. Okay. Uh, but I don't know if that has recently changed or not.
0: Okay. That's another thing. Legal. It really interests me and, and things like that. And outside of that, um, man, just continuing the the conversation about the culture, the history of, of the South. You know, I would love to hear some, um, I I'm, I'm kind of a history buff so I would love to hear the history of hunting in the south talking about you know especially the especially post uh, civil war and and how right. how the culture like how hunting was embedded into the culture.
1: Yeah. No, that man those are all really really good topics. I mean, yeah, the the poison dart or the poison arrowhead thing is mm-hmm. is huge. Uh, obviously hound, uh, you know, hunting with dogs. I mean, we grew up and uh, we were in a club for, for a good while that did a lot of hunting with dogs. Yeah. And, um, it's exciting, I'll tell you that yeah. much. Uh, I Probably not a good fit for the Midwest, no. you know, with small blocks small of timber bush, and it yeah. would just, dude, it would just be, uh, like I mentioned earlier, you just wouldn't have any deer left. Yeah. Like they just, it just would be. But, you know, here in the South, very different context. You know, large, you know, pieces of forest that are just, lots of opportunities for deer to squirt out the back or you know around the side and and get away so um yeah man well awesome so uh where can folks find you if they want to hear more from you you've got a you've got a little podcast right you got a little
0: yeah i mean like nine finger chronicles is great but i i i I just want to make sure that everybody here knows that the quality of this rss feed this feed that uh josh here is going to be taking over it, it's it's the, the quality of what Parker has put out I can guarantee you that the quality of this it, of this uh, podcast is not at, in any way shape or form going to lack and so I got full faith in Josh that um, he's going to be He's gonna keep this uh, the train rolling on this one, and you guys are gonna get a lot of awesome entertainment value out of this feed, and awesome education value out of this feed as well. So, I personally am just really looking forward to uh, uh, continuing to the, the, to roll the you know roll the dice here.
1: Absolutely, awesome man. Well, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it, and uh, look forward to having you on again when you're coming down to hunt uh, the panhandle of Florida for. Uh, <laughs> for those big pine tree bucks. You know what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.